0: Have you ever had something so impactful happen in your life and you wonder how did I get through that? Well, I know it's faith. I know it's God. I know it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit and I have the greatest joy of being able to share with you every single week as your sister in Christ, your friend and host, of Let's Talk About Faith. My name's Elsa Caballero, and I hope you join us every week to hear new stories of people sharing their faith, how it's got them through, how God's impacted their lives, and so much more. So welcome again to Let's Talk About Faith. Hello, hello, and thank you for joining us. Uh, I am so excited to be able to talk to Amanda again. Uh, if you remember her from last episode from Brain Don't Fail Me. We're going to finish up our conversation today. So excited to share um, her testimony of being rescued by God from being in such a dark place. She is a kingdom mover. She is fully invested in in following God's calling for her life. And it's just so awesome to be able to talk to her and listen to the different things that she's experienced, uh, as a missionary. And so sit tight. We're going to jump in in just a few minutes and I am so excited. And thank you again for joining us. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Faith. Uh, Welcome, Amanda. We are so happy you're with us again. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So we've got a lot to talk about. So we're just going to jump right in to where we left off on our last episode. And that's talking about you being rescued from a dark place.
1: Yes. Tell us about that. Yes. I also want to give a little disclaimer that some of what I'm sharing, it could trigger individuals who are suffering with any type of mental health illness or depression, or even suicidal tendencies or thoughts. So I just want to give that up front. Thank Um, you. If that's okay. Of course. But but again, I am praying that the Lord would speak and that he would bring hope um, through this this sharing of part of my story and it's, it is a a testimony in itself. So I will begin. I, well, my husband and I, we used to serve overseas as missionaries and then the Lord brought us back to the States for a season for me to rest from mental health issues that I had developed while abroad mainly stemmed from having a really bad burnout experience And then as we were in the States for a few years, we really felt that it was time for us to go back overseas and serve as missionaries once again, because I was doing well. I felt very stable. I was able to function very well. Like I felt like I was myself again. Yeah. And so there was a lot of confidence to – go back in that direction because prior to coming back from serving overseas, we had always thought that it would be a career decision that we would be there for the majority of our career. Right. And so the Lord was definitely in all of this because he always has a plan and (laughs) his plan, even though we aren't aware of it and we are on this, this ride and this journey by faith, um, his plan is always the best and it's always good. Yeah. So we end up back overseas in a different country this the second time. So it was an experience that was a lot of new things, a lot of new culture, new language, new foods. And it was similar to the country we served in before, but it was still a lot of new things. And... We also decided to go with a different organization than we did before, right? So that was new as well, and during our fundraising season, which was a, a good year, I was starting to struggle again with some some old things that I thought were um, taken care of, and I ignored it and I thought, well, this is just temporary because we are you know we're not rooted somewhere we don't have a permanent home we are traveling to fundraise and so stability was not there right so i thought it was just because of my circumstances i talked to a couple of people they sort of agreed with me as well and then we continued to move forward and we headed overseas we moved to this nation and long story short three months in Right. I started to have relapse with depression and anxiety, having panic attacks, but because it was a new environment and because I was relapsing, um, I'm trying to think of a good way to explain it or a good picture to explain it. Yeah, Kind of like going into um, like an oven and it just heats up and then everything that you normally struggle with before just starts rising to the top, or yeah. Like, when I talk about purifying gold and refining it, all of the flaws surface to the top, and that's exactly what it felt like for me. But, wow, um, a lot, a lot worse. So I was being triggered with previous experience serving overseas as a missionary. Mm-hmm. I was also being triggered because of the instability of things right. and the, the newness of things. And then it got to a point where only about three months in, I started to cycle through depression and anxiety quite rapidly. And it was a, an experience I'd never had personally. And I started, of course, being very concerned about this. And I, talk to my husband and you know he was concerned as well and the cycling through was like week one week I would be depressed and then the next week I would I would almost have what is called like a manic episode but I was I'm not bipolar I wasn't diagnosed with bipolar disorder however the stress of everything was just causing me to just cycle through being very energetic and wanting to conquer the world and not being able to sleep um, or even eat, didn't want to eat to the next week being really low and depressed. So it was just a very, yeah, it was very unstable. It was very unstable. Yeah. And so we had to reach out to our organization and tell them what was going on, which is very hard. But at that time I was very, I was becoming very desperate for, any type of help. And I thought, maybe I just need to be put on medication and, and then everything will, will balance out. And maybe this is, you know, genetic, this isn't in my family possibly. And there is some things in my family, but I just didn't know where it was coming from because I had taken care of a lot of things before and had gone to therapy before, felt that I had healed a lot um, from things in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was very confused. <laughs> I, was very, I was very confused. I went to the Lord um, and cried out to Him a lot. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. And He was with me. I was not alone. I started to withdraw from ministry really fast because leaving our apartment became very, very difficult. And we lived in a very tall building. Right, on a very high floor. And so it was very, um, it was just very hard. You felt kind of detached from the city because you're so high in the air. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And then my husband had an opportunity to go and help on a a farm that was trying to be more organic and providing um, skills for the locals to have more clean farming. So he started to travel to that area um, every a couple of maybe every three weeks or something like that to do some Mm -hmm. work out there. And so that I would be home alone, which also didn't help. I was just going to (laughs) say, that's great.
0: Everything.
1: Yeah, it just it didn't help. And um, so we talked to a counselor with our organization. We had a, a Zoom call with him. We also talked to some really good friends of ours who we called, um, like a Barnabas team, people that would come around you and care for you. So we started opening up to close people in our lives and then talked to this counselor and he provided, um, provided a way for me to get help without having to return all the way back to the States. So we found a counselor or actually a facility that was was meant to serve missionaries in this other nation nearby. And I'm just going to say this nation is Thailand. Okay. So we went we went to Thailand from the nation that we were in to meet with this counselor to do intensive therapy and to see if after two weeks we could you know figure out if I need medication and give me a diagnosis and all that kind of stuff. So we had this plan to go to Thailand and that brought hope. It also just brought a lot of Awareness of my reality that I needed more help and that was hard for me because I'm very independent I'm a very strong person. I, I, I feel that I'm a strong person. And so for me to just continue to be broken um, Again for the second time was really hard for me to swallow and Other things were happening as well that I never experienced before I was dissociating a lot and that's where your mind is trying to protect you because of the stress that you're in and being triggered. So you kind of like just not separate from your body, but mentally you just kind of aren't there, right? So you're that's detached
0: from the situation. Yeah, so, you're very detached
1: yeah. from the situation. So it got to the point where I had to start touching myself to come back to reality. And um, I'm trying to think what else I was suffering with. Those are the, the three big things. So when I talked to the counselor, um, any type of therapy is like opening up a wound and taking care of it, but there is, it's uncomfortable, it's painful, and it it can also reveal more issues when you start to look under the bandage. So the, the therapy sessions, though they were really helpful, they just also stirred up some other things because now my brain and my heart and my soul were getting looked at and everything wanted to be fixed. It felt like, and so right. <laughs> like uh. more, like all these things started to surface and I can go into a lot more detail about that, but I'm not going to. Um, and so I, I, the The time in Thailand was about. I think I had nine sessions with this counselor. Okay. Every single day, and after that, I would be wiped emotionally. Um, my energy level was <laughs> definitely zapped talking about things and trying to work through things. I was given a diagnosis of PTSD, actually, post-traumatic stress disorder, and it surprised me. And I thought, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so I was, I was showing symptoms of that. They did prescribe me medication. So we got the medication there in Thailand. And then before we left the intensive therapy, therapy, the counselor told me that I had come to a point where I was really opening up to him. Mm-hmm. And I shared some things with him that really revealed that I needed more help with the trauma right? And he, and he told me he said we want you to come back but we want you to talk to a trauma specialist he said I can no longer help you so I had to work through that and process through that trying to understand what was going on and I asked him I said you know getting help with trauma and living in a n- new country I don't think that's a wise thing For anybody. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, so he's he would not give me the answer that I was looking for. In other words, should we go back to the states and get this taken Uh, care of? Okay, yeah. So I was looking for for that direction, but that's really a decision that my husband and I needed needed to make. It wasn't something that somebody could tell us what to do. Our organization could definitely help in that decision. But ultimately it was something that I needed to to like come to an awareness of of what I needed. So right. yeah. My husband and I decided to stay in this country and we decided perhaps the city that we were living in was not a safe place for me. It needed to be less stressful, less intense. And that was kind of the decision going back to the right. nation that we were serving in. And then I started taking medication. Well, the medication did not work because I had severe side effects and wow. severe. I don't even know what you, what you want to call it. Um, just felt very numb, had no emotion. It was totally not something that, that was good for me. That was just my experience. So I got off the medication about, to a week and a half after I started taking started to take it right and just started crying out to the Lord okay medication is not going to help me right now <laughs> right? Yeah. with all of this um can I hold on until I have my trauma therapy that we had planned for three months three months later and uh, three months oh my goodness <laughs> so so, I was definitely in a dark place. I was definitely in a very, man, I, oh, this is, this is being very vulnerable, Elsa. <laughs> I know. I... Um, I don't think I've ever been in a place that dark in my life. I've had really hard times. I've had different things happen, but that was, that was very, very hard for me. And, and, mm-hmm. and, if, and in fact, it was so hard; it traumatized me, and I had to get help with just that experience. <laughs> oh my god! So, um, but I just held on to the Lord. I, I, my, my ability to function was not very good. I mean, I was, I had set up a, a little schedule for myself so that I would get out of bed, and I would do this, and I would do that, and then I was, I was doing content that I create. Um, so I was still trying to do like ministry online and I was also, yeah. you know, trying because my mind needed to be busy or I would dwell on things that I shouldn't dwell on. And right. also I have to, I do have to share being in a country where the spiritual atmosphere was a lot darker did yeah. impact this whole situation. Right. Um, so just the spiritual heaviness around us, the lack of, you know, believers in Christ around us because we were there to, you know, to share the gospel. That, that definitely felt, we, you could feel it. I was very sensitive to it. So just felt very alone because of that. And then also I definitely, no doubt in my mind or heart, that the enemy was taking advantage of my situation and just, oh, yeah. just attacking and attacking, attacking, attacking. I mean, some of it was, yeah, this is an issue that my brain is having. It, it's not stable. There's, there's things that aren't functioning like it should because it's, it's um, out of balance. But then the enemy just like slammed me a lot. And so I became very, like, very um, dependent upon God in that, season, like super, super dependent. Like I would wake up like on my face before God, just so yeah. that I would, yeah, be able to get up and eat breakfast or get up and brush my teeth. Um, oh my and God. then <laughs> it was so bad. Um, and then throughout the day, I would feel the heaviness, the, just the oppression as well. So then I get back on my face before God till it would lift. And then I would feel it again, like third time in the day. And then I would just sit there and just wait on the Lord and he would come and it would lift. And then I would have a panic attack for, <laughs> for wow. some reason. Um, and then I would have to just wait till it passed and held on to, like, I would read the word and I would just sit there and read the word and and, and tell myself things that are true. Like, you know, this is, this is for a season. It's not going to be forever. There's an end to this. There's a reason for this. God is going to deliver me. He's going to rescue me. Right. And one huge thing that I was grappling with as well was did we make a mistake to go back overseas? Did we make this mistake? And so that was that was the hardest one of the hardest parts as well too was telling my husband I think we made a mistake, I think this was not a good idea. However, I wouldn't call it a mistake now looking back from here and looking back at the situation. I would just definitely call it the Lord was doing something in me. And he was allowing me to see that I still had some issues that needed to be dealt with and that it was trauma. Um, And there was like a suppressed memory that was coming back that I had no idea that had happened to me and all this kind of stuff. Oh. So through it all, I ended up, um, I mean, I was doing okay, but it was getting bad. And then I remember one day I was watching this little clip on YouTube And I don't remember what movie it was, but it was parts of a movie that kind of told the storyline without watching the movie. Mm -hmm. And I was watching it, and it was about this woman that was trying to travel this desert, I think, trying to think if it was in Australia, I don't remember. But she decided to travel through this desert without any help and do it on her own with her own camels. Oh, yeah. And a journalist came, and, and he was reporting on her reporting her story and all of this kind of stuff. And she was very, she was very, um, what's the word? Um, Stubborn and would not allow him even to help her. And she needed to do this on her own. This was something that she had to prove to herself that she could do it. And there's a lot of other factors involved in the movie. I never saw the movie, so I don't know what those (laughs) factors are, but even with those short little clips at the end of it, He meets her at the end and waits for her and she makes it through and she realizes like she are, she she had him the whole time and all this kind of stuff. Well, the Lord started to speak to me as I was like watching this clip and he said, Amanda, that is you. You want to travel this desert that I'm not leading you through because you want to prove something to yourself. You're trying to do this in your strength. You're trying to do this on your own. You want, you're just trying to prove something. I think it was the whole concept of like, I need to be a missionary. I need to serve the Lord. Right. And he was like, no, yeah, I'm not putting that burden on you. You're putting it on yourself. That you're putting it on.
0: That is some serious truth. Like that's yeah. hard. That is, uh uh-huh. but how powerful to be able I- to come to that.
1: Right. I've never told anyone this part of my story. So you're (laughs) getting it fresh. I mean, this is like my first time to talk about it. So I'm honored
0: that you're doing that here. I, so that's why I just keep like not wanting to talk. I'm like, oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Uh Uh huh. So, like, the Lord. So I was asking him, I was like, what do you mean? He was like, this is a journey you picked, and I'm supporting you. And I'm here for you. And I'm watching over you. But this is not my heart for you to have to, like, endure, you know? Right. Because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of this um, stuff that's put in our, our hearts that are not from the Word of God. They're not from Him. that we just, we feel by by culture, by, you know, different things around us, even church sometimes, where we feel like we have to work hard and we have to, like, do these, all these things for, for the Lord, but it just comes out of a place of like still working for his approval, still working for his love. Mm -hmm. And then for me personally, it was this, it was, he knew, I mean, he knew it was, I needed to prove to myself that I wasn't broken and that I could still be strong. That I, I, I'm, I'm not going to let this mental health stuff pull me down and pull me away from what God, what I think God wants me to do. Right. So it was just this like fight, this struggle. So he told me at the end of like sharing with me that that was me. He said, I am going to come and rescue you. You are in the desert. (laughs) You you (laughs) placed yourself back in the desert. And now I'm going to come and rescue you. And he did so in a very gentle way. There was no like rebuke. There was no like harsh. Like, it was the most gentle experience ever with the Lord because uh, he knew my heart. He knew my heart wasn't trying to, like, do it for my name or anything like that. Or he knew I really just wanted to serve him. I just didn't know what that meant. Right. Because all I knew in my mind was being raised in a Baptist church, you know. Um, if you want to give everything to the Lord, you have to go and be a missionary and give everything to the Lord. Right. And that's the only way I could translate in my heart abandoning everything for him. And it was not what he really was saying to me. Like the first time we went, of course, yes, I do know that that was definitely what he wanted me to do. But this next venture was totally me, you know, trying yeah. trying to to do what I thought was the way to give him everything. And he's like, you can give me all without – Walking through this desert by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But I felt his love in a way I've never felt before. Like, I can't even, I can't even. And it didn't rescue me. He didn't rescue me immediately, but it was about a month later when COVID hit. And that was our way out, was COVID actually. Yeah. So <laughs> it did serve for a bit. <laughs> It did. I remember the like when COVID was coming out or whatever. I remember the Lord telling me that He was like, This is going to be the way that I get pull you back to the States. This is your door. Yeah. And He was like, It's going to come faster because at this point, too, after that experience where the Lord was telling me He was going to rescue me, I still suffer. I was still suffering. But then at that time, well, once I realized I don't need to be here like I have learned my lesson. <laughs> right, right. Then it was just I got to go home. I got to go ha- I got to go back home. I got to get healing. I need to go talk to the trauma specialist, all this kind of stuff. So I had to talk to my husband and I had to tell him and all this and it was just it was emotional. It was heavy. This is our second time to leave the field because of my issues. It was so hard. I mean, it just it was very broke. We were both broken. Both crying. Both just, you know, going through all the, all of the things. And it came to a point where I finally had to tell him I was having suicidal thoughts.
0: Yeah.
1: And that, you know, that's dark. That yeah. is it was very dark.
0: truth. Yeah.
1: It was very dark. And so when anyone says that you listen, right? So exactly. I had, I had to tell him and I had never been that at a place like that. I mean, I've, I have to be careful how I say that because I have had thoughts like that before, but this was different. This was, this was, I was scared of myself. I was scared of what I would do. So yeah. I told him that and still talking to the Lord, still spending time with God, but still, still struggling. Yeah. So it definitely um, accelerated our return home and then COVID hit. And then we were going to go home in July. We ended up coming home in March. Yeah before the lockdown started to happen and we literally flew out of this nation the night before they started to keep planes from leaving that nation. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm telling you, God literally, he rescued me physically Rescue. yeah, um, and everything. And then when we got back to the States, like it was just like, this weight was like lifted off of me. And then I was like, I started immediately getting better. Um, and then it still took, an, it took a while for me to actually go to another therapist. It took another year because then, you know, COVID and also just family circumstances back home. But I did end up going to an EMDR therapist to work through my trauma. EMDR. Yes. Tell so, us about that. Yes, I for me EMDR was super, super, super helpful and beneficial, and what the 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 way that God brought a lot of healing to me. EMDR stands for eye movement desensi- desensitization and reprocessing, which simply <laughs> simply <laughs> means is that an individual is being treated to recall dis- distressing experiences or their trauma through bilateral stimulation is what they call it but you're stimulating both sides of your brain so that you can go back into the memory recall it and work through it and so they do this through either side to side eye movement or tapping and my therapist was on zoom Uh (laughs) so we did this through zoom for a year and a half yeah yeah in my own home and I think it was the I, for me, it was the safest way to, to revisit those really hard memories. Um, and she was amazing. She's a believer as well. So I really think that's important in my opinion. Right. So we invited the Holy Spirit into those sessions. And I would go back into these memories. And very hard, some of them were very hard to revisit. Very painful. And she taught me how to create a safe space in my mind and also create a way to bottle up the memories so that i wouldn't take those memories into my daily life after our sessions until we you know recovered and are are healed them completely and the lord would show up and i would feel his presence and and it was amazing how he helped me see each of those situations that had traumatized me through his eyes and what was really going on, even in the spiritual realm, and a way for me to actually feel that the control was put back into my hands. Because when you are terrified, you feel helpless, you feel out of control. And so he provided a way for me to feel that again. And it brought healing to that that experience. But then the brain had an opportunity because the trauma has taken that memory and it's now just kind of floating around in the brain because the brain didn't have an opportunity to process the memory in a healthy way until you go back and revisit it and get healing then the brain can reprocess it well and then you don't have such intense emotion attached to it that's kind of kind of the best way i could explain it right now does that make sense yeah i
0: was just gonna say so then basically you're like if you're Thinking about it, we go through something, and let's just say, um, okay. For an example, you're gonna you're getting um, uh, robbed, like somebody robbed your house,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so that fear stops you from feeling anything. I would think, and you know what? Let me use a better example. My mom and dad um used to fight horribly, like
1: mm. mm-hmm.
0: very, I grew up in a very violent household. I love my parents, but together they were, they were horrible. They were just together. They were very violent. Mm. And So I would remember thinking what would happen is like when he was fighting with her, I would run to my room and hide under the bed. Yeah. And so my trauma response to that was to run. You know, when I was in fear of something, I would run under my bed and Mm -hmm. and hide there and wait for it to be over where my sisters, I mean, they ran to it. They would run to my mom's side and try and help her. And I was like, I'm not getting involved in that. No way. And um, so my when I would think about it, like even to think about it now, and I don't know if it's that what, what your therapist was saying, where you bottle it up and you're not taking it with you through your daily life. It was like, I made peace with it. I, I was, I forgave my dad and I forgave my mom for, for being so terrible to each other that we had to witness some of the things that we witnessed that no child should witness. Yeah. And I made peace. So Mm -hmm. I was able to put it somewhere back in my brain is the only thing that I can feel like because Mm -hmm. I don't have anything anymore to talk about it like it doesn't feel like I don't have any um fear I don't it's not gonna make me cry you know those things where I think that's what happens like we have to learn how to make peace with whatever the trauma was yes we can store it back So it's there, it's a memory, but it's not, it's not overcoming every time you think about it.
1: Right. And a lot of times too, I feel like, well, for me, I was unaware that those experiences were still impacting me. Right. Um, Like you, I had forgiven individuals. I had, I thought I had made peace with some of these things, but When I would think of the experience, I would still have intense emotion with it. Obviously, if I had intense emotion, um, it wasn't healed inside of me. It wasn't healed. Mm -hmm. And so she had me make out a list of memories that had intense emotion with it that I knew needed healing. And once I sat down to make the list, I I surprised myself. I said, wow, I've got a lot of stuff to work through. Yeah. And still – we didn't have to work through every single memory because there were some that were connected to the main memory Um that they were just kind of all kind of connected. And so when one was healed, the rest kind of were taken care of. Right. Sure. I don't understand, you know, all of that. And I haven't studied EMDR enough to understand everything. I just know that when we, we aren't given an opportunity to work through a, tr- a terrifying experience because sometimes parents, don't allow their children to work through trauma
0: when,
1: when it happens, just because the way that, you know, our culture has, has been, you know, raising, you know, each other. um, Then as children, we kind of learn to stuff it and not deal with it until, you know, later on when our brain is like, okay, we need to deal with this. It's It's still there. It's still there. And trauma, I mean, there's so much you can learn about trauma, but trauma builds on it you know it builds in you and so if you have this thing going on from a child and then you have trauma as a young adult and then you have more trauma being in another country and seeing you know different accidents and all this kind of stuff it just builds and then the brain is overwhelmed and it's like I can't deal with this stress anymore yeah and um so it it it's built to protect us our brain is built to protect us and it's working very hard to keep us healthy and you know everything but then it comes a time just like with any body illness if you don't take care of this it's going to get worse yeah. if you don't take care you know of this condition it's going to get worse it's the same with if you don't get these things healed it can it can get worse and turn into something like what i was struggling with and there were things that were uncovered during my therapy sessions i had no idea was was an issue with me like no idea i had um an abandonment issue like huge abandonment issue now that's not necessarily tied to a terrifying experience but yet it still still terrified me in a sense where when anything abandons you, it puts fear in you right? Uh, um, or any, anyone that abandons you. And I didn't realize that that traumatized me. And so <laughs> that's a whole other story. So <laughs> when the Lord revealed that to me, he had, he had to actually put me in a situation that surfaced that because it was like the deepest one. It was like the last deep one. <laughs> and it was super painful. I had mourned for a month. I like grieved for a month. And I was like, I'm tired of dealing with this. But then once that was healed and that got healed really on my own between me and the Lord. And she, my therapist did help me, but the Lord was just, I mean, I had given him permission. He was just going in there and really healing it.
0: But, you know, I think that the time to um, grieve it, like you said, I mm -hmm. think, I think honestly, if, if you think about it, that's the key, because if we don't, mourn it and yeah. we don't um allow ourselves to feel yeah. the pain like it doesn't matter what it is we have to allow ourselves to feel the pain because if you think about it mm-hmm. look at look at and, and god said it in in first kings when he was talking about elijah um because the he uh, elijah was um Suffering because of his conflict with Queen Jezebel, Mm -hmm. and led the country to be by himself, where he just all he wanted to do was just die because he was so conflicted. But God dealt with Elijah; Mm -hmm. he 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 fed him and he gave him time to sleep, yes, time to just heal because what he was dealing with was so overwhelming, and Mm -hmm. gave him that time. So Mm -hmm. relates into. Us needing, I mean, that's what God wants us to do. He wants yes. us to mourn it just like you did. You said it. It was like thirty days, you know. Mm-hmm. You it and you mourned it. I mean, mm-hmm. look. After um, he rested and he recharged himself because he was fed and he was rested, God gave him God gave him encouragement and He gave him a new purpose and He was able to move forward. And that's what's happening to you that's what happens to people who get help it, yes we're able to find and recharge and um live the emotion because if we just bottle it up we end up with what happened to you when you were overseas yes, yes. it comes out in in the wickedest way because you're just thinking <laughs> yes i'm you're vulnerable you were already yes in a vulnerable state right and and the hard part is is it starts overflowing because all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it's like a little cut and then it opens and opens and it's like now everything's kind of gushing out because right the wound started to open up and it wasn't healed and yeah it's that's so amazing
1: interesting because i've talked to a couple of women um where i you know i i talk a lot about getting those wounds healed inside Mm -hmm. of our souls like that's a huge part of my ministry and some have said to me i don't want to even touch that area of my life because they are afraid that it will spill over into everything right that that you know that cut will start to to come and it's true. When you open up a can of worms, it, it is hard. Right. But it's necessary yeah. for healing healing to to come. If not, then you're just gonna have to manage that for the rest of your life and spend mm-hmm. energy managing what you know, what it will cause in your life. Or you could just rip the band-aid off. Yeah. And then say, All right, let's take care of this. It's gonna be uncomfortable, it's gonna be painful. But But once it's healed, it doesn't pour into your life anymore. Exactly. So it does take – it takes a lot of courage to face all of that. And I remember being told, you know, the days that you go to therapy, don't plan a lot on that day because it's going to take a lot out of you. And it's going to surface other things. Um, And I wanted to quit twice. (laughs) meeting with her just because it was surfacing issues I didn't want to, to, to face. Right. And my husband was really good at supporting me and he was like, just hold on. Just do one more session and see how it goes. And then the next session would be a breakthrough. Right. Because we were getting so close to it. And the enemy knew, so he was trying to discourage me. Right. My EMDR, EMDR therapy sessions only lasted a year and a half. Wow. It was a hard year and a half. Nothing compared to what I went through overseas, but it was very, very hard. I would do it all over again for what I feel now. I feel freedom. I feel whole. I don't feel these issues. I still grieve things that I think are normal in life, such as I grieve what could have been with some past relationships. But it's not overbearing. It's not bleeding everywhere into my life. Right, right. And I can I can function and I can feel like I feel the Lord all the time now. Well, because I learned how to be dependent on him. So like I always go to him, but now it's just now it's because we have this good relationship and I'm not like, you know, trying to lift my head off the pillow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so joys come back into my life like never never before. And I just finished therapy this past January. Man. And When I started feeling peace, I didn't even know what to do with it. I didn't know. I couldn't remember what life was like without dealing with some kind of issue. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? I was like, what's this? (laughs) I'm bored. (laughs) I was like, is this peace, God? Like, I just get to sit here and not have to go over my mind. Something that hurt me. Right. Isn't that crazy? It's good. It's so good.
0: It's so good. I, I, There's so much to be said about, like you said, about dealing with it and allowing for it to flow. And, deal yeah. you know, I think a lot of us, you know, especially women, we uh, want to be present for everybody.
1: Exactly. We don't want yeah.
0: anything to spill over. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, the times that I've allowed it just to spill over and be messy is the time that I felt the most um peep because i allowed it to just flow and just cry and just be yeah bad and and say you know what lord i don't know i don't know anymore
1: mm-hmm.
0: i don't i don't know how to cope with it i need you to mm-hmm. and so when it's in those times i have felt the most incredible piece. And then, yeah. And then what's, what's even the best part is the after all the crying. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, and Lord, please um, deliver me from this. Don't take it. Just help me through it. Yeah. I'm not asking you to take it all from me. I'm just asking you to, to walk me through it. Yes. And then, yeah. and then getting, And I think then dealing with that, whether it takes me a day or it takes me a week or it takes me a month, um, it's, it's so, I don't know, I feel, and it's not like I feel all kinds of like, um, what is it? Um, energy. I'm not saying that I'm just saying there's like that calming sensation over me. I feel like I don't have to fight right now. Right. I have to do anything. And, right. and and I've been so happy to, you know, and the people that love me the most, that are my closest, my people, um, <laughs> you know, I always call it my three foot circle, and those people know. Yeah. You know, like you know, I had an instance one time where um, things were happening, and oh, I just literally had a mental breakdown, and mm-hmm. I remember. Walking into my house, I called my daughter,
1: mm.
0: and I—I I don't even think I could talk really.
1: Yeah, I just yeah.
0: was crying, and I mm. said, "Where are you?" And I said, "I'm home," and I hung up the phone. Like I—I just needed to kind of hear her voice, I think, and yeah. I heard to hear that I needed her, and without it, without even thinking, she was at my house, and she came upstairs, and I was in the room. And I had my face in my pillow I was crying and crying and praying to God, just Mm. walk me through this. I just need you to help me walk through this, the most difficult time in my life. And Mm. I remember um, my mom was supposed to be gone, but she stayed behind and said, Uh, I'm not, she's going to take a trip somewhere. And she said, I'm not going to go, I'm going to stay here. And it was for that moment, right then and there, because Mm. she came into my room and my sister was there. And so they're my closest people. So it's my mom, my sister, my daughter, and they all just sat with me. They didn't say one word. They just held my hand. Um, My mom rubbed my back and she was praying and They all just prayed with me and they let me just cry. And after that, I was exhausted because I was crying so much. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) I I sat up and I looked at my mom and I looked at my people and I sat down and I was like, I am so thankful that God gave me the three of you Mm. because when I needed it the most, you were you were his angels that were yeah. right here showing me that no matter what happens, I am not by myself. Right. I I'm going to get through this horrifying time in my life and I'm going to stand up strong. And I was, after I was done thanking them, um, I remember laughing and saying, and I felt incredible peace. And, mm-hmm. and I said, You know, that got ugly fast. (laughs) (laughs) It always does. (laughs) It got really ugly, really fast. And thinking,
1: Hmm.
0: what an amazing, what a a cool moment with God because He showed me three people. My mom, like I said, was supposed to be gone on a trip and she didn't go. Yeah. And my sister was supposed to be somewhere else. And I don't Mm -hmm. know. She's like, I'm not going. I don't know what the reason was. And my daughter, Well, she wasn't ever good. She knew something was brewing Mm. and she just wasn't sure what. And so she could see it in my voice and she knew, I think she knew there was a breakdown coming and she didn't Mm. know what was happening, but um, it was that. And I felt intense relief because I allowed myself, I had been bottling it up, pushing it away and God said, that's enough. Yeah. You're done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> put it all out. <laughs> you're done with it.
0: You know, you're done with it. Yeah, you're done yeah. doing it by yourself. You're done. You're done. You know, wow. you've got to deal with it. And, and I think that's what God wants us to do.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Deal with things like that and not hold it yes. because that robs us from the time that we're meant to be just, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, you being a missionary overseas, the mission work you do here with your YouTube channel and your podcast and your, um, your minute, your, you got YouTube and your website and just all the things that you do. Um, a Bible, was it Bible drill? Yeah. Bible drill, Jill, Bible drill, Jill. I was like, <laughs> my
1: character, my funny character. Oh, I love her.
0: <laughs> I love her. And you know, so you're ministering to people. You're, you're, a missionary right there. Yeah. You
1: yeah. know,
0: and I think something you said last time is, you know, we have to be careful about where we put our identity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and you're so right, because you saw that and God was showing you that. Yeah, when you were thinking, this is the only way I can serve you. I have to serve you in a, in a missionary capacity.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, but now look, look at all the things that you're doing. I know. You, to bring forward his kingdom without, yeah, the heartache, of, right. and the the mental um, portion of it, but yeah, you're a healthier place, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh my goodness, <laughs> that was that was big. Yeah, how do you feel? I feel good.
1: Yeah, I feel good. If if go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, well, I made some video, um, videos of this story about over a week ago and yeah, I was crying <laughs> oh. after I was rewatching the videos. And I think that was also part of the healing Yeah, of, of, of all of that. So yeah, I feel good. I feel a lot of peace right now too. Yeah,
0: I think that's awesome. I, you know, I am so thankful that you shared that with us, um, because, we need to hear that. I think we need to hear more people who are Christians uh, mm-hmm. especially men, who are being um, transparent about the things that we suffer with because, you know, people think, um, you know, mental health is because we don't believe enough Mm-mm. in God or, um, yeah. and, and, you know, that's a whole other topic and right. that we could really dig into, but, but that's not it because Mm -hmm. I I suffer and um, you know, I am on medication and it is something that's runs in my family and Mm -hmm. no bipolar disorder. I mean, that just runs rampant in my family and I was not diagnosed with it, but um, several people in my family are, and I'll tell you Mm -hmm. they are um, one's a pastor. One of Mm -hmm. my, as a pastor wow. and she suffers. And she said, you know, I think she said it best. God, God gave me the medicine to help. I mean, she, he gave me the doctor to help me. Mm-hmm. So I could preach his words so that I could be, um, have that, that chemical imbalance is not of him. That's not of him, right. of the world. But because we are sinners in this world, we're all still living the side effects of what we live in this Mm -hmm. world. And that has to do with food and it has to do with uh, the environment. There's so many things go with it. Yes. But he, she said he just pointed me in the right direction to get so that I could be right. That I could find peace and in my brain, I could quiet it down. And uh, Mm I, That was, I thought that was so powerful to hear that because we think that there's shame in that and there is no shame. Oh no, no. Shame in that. And the shame would be not to get help and not to admit that right. there's shame in that. I, I think that not shame really, but I just feel like it's, it that shouldn't overpower you. Like that's, it's sad, not shameful. It's sad that yeah. it would feel like they can't get help because of who they are or what they do and things like that. It's like, we've Mm -hmm. got to be able to help each other. Right. And there's, it's ministries like yours that will help people Mm -hmm. um, open up. Thank you. (laughs) You are welcome.
1: Is there anything you want to
0: leave us with before we go?
1: Oh goodness. Um, That not, not specifically. This conversation was so good. I totally forgot we are re- being recorded for your <laughs> podcast. So that's amazing. Um, that's I do awesome. feel. I do feel like there's going to be people be, be people that listen to this, and it's going to give them some some freedom and permission to get the help that they need, yeah. and some courage. And it doesn't mean that you're not a good good believer in Christ. It doesn't mean anything like that. Just like you were sharing, it just means that you gotta take care of something that's that's that needs help, right. and the Lord will provide, and He will use other individuals in our life, and and even medication. He will use all of those things, and just to really lean and trust in Him, right? And um, hold on to Him through it all because He's not apart from us he's with us in in the dark valley and then you get to know him deeper so when you come out you know you're like closer (laughs) to the Lord yeah
0: that's really good I am so thankful to have you again um I'm sure um after I listened to your videos I haven't had a chance this week to listen because I saw them and I was like ah I gotta go back and listen and then you know, time just has not been my friend this last week, but um that's okay. So, so I'm sure after I listen I'll be like, hey Amanda, I need you back.
1: <laughs> oh, sure.
0: <laughs> we gotta talk about this. <laughs> so um thank you so much for, for uh joining us tonight, Amanda. And we're so thankful for you and thankful Aww. for your ministry and um we hope you have a great night everyone and and thank you for joining us for another episode of let's talk about faith bye thank you so much for listening today stop by our instagram page or our facebook page to say hi and let me know where you're from if you need prayer or you want to share your story i would love to talk to you so until the next time i hope you all stay well stay blessed And remember to be kind. Bye.